0: One step, then another. That is the way of a hiker. We forever walk towards one thing away from another. In moments of solitude, we reflect on our fellow man. We could tell you of the places we've been and the things we've seen, but we can never truly describe for you how it felt. The silence of the springs, the taste of the sunrise, the magic that seemed to dance to the rhythm of our feet. We walked the path that was endless and it left us forever changed. The irony of hiking the trail for healing is it leaves us more broken, but somehow that is exactly what we needed all along. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Contagious Courage podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Matheson, and today I am kicking off season two I am super excited to get back to this and to continue to share stories of courage hope and resiliency Uh, i'm going to start season two off by sharing about my summer experience hiking the oregon section of the pct hiking the oregon section of the pacific crest trail was something that had been on my mind for years I love hiking, and I love the beautiful state of Oregon, so it was just something that made sense to me. I didn't have any weddings to attend this last summer, and I was single, so when I decided to not go abroad and knowing that it was something that Maisie could tag along for, I decided it was the perfect time, and in the great words of Emma Watson, if not now, when?" I knew it would be difficult, which is Partially, why I didn't do a smaller backpacking trip first. I didn't want to psych myself out, but I was up for the challenge. I did a decent amount of research and slowly gathered all of the tools and equipment that I would need. Our first day was well, you could say we got off on the wrong foot. After realizing that we had gained too much elevation, it was clear that we had missed a junction and we were halfway up Mount McLaughlin. After going back and looking for the spot where the Mount McLaughlin trailhead and the PCT split and not being able to find it, we got lost. That is when the real frustration began. How could a trail such as the PCT not be clearly marked? I called my dad in a fit of anger, and he was obviously no real help to me at the moment. And shortly after getting off the phone with them, um, I got a phone call from the Klamath County Police Department asking me if they needed to come get me. I was irritated. No, they did not need to come get me. I knew how to get down and off the mountain, but that's not what I wanted to do. I finally found the right trail, and it was just after that that the mosquitoes set in. Swarms of mosquitoes. I was not prepared, and neither was Maisie for that matter, in any way, shape, or form for the number of mosquitoes that we were about to encounter. They were literally all over us. I couldn't breathe through my mouth without eating them, and they would not go away. I tried moving quickly, basically running with my pack on. I tried using my hands to hit the rest of my body. It was enough to drive a person insane. At one point, I even screamed at them. I'm not sure what that was going to do, but I was losing it. I didn't eat dinner that night, and we didn't hang our food. I wanted to get the tent set up and inside of it as quickly as possible. All of this, and not to mention that I was also on my period. The next morning, I woke up thinking that we would just get to the next camp spot earlier and set up before dusk. We could get everything set up before the mosquitoes got really bad, and everything would be just fine. Well, I opened the tent, and the mosquitoes were just as bad. Now, if you can imagine having to go to the bathroom and take care of your period, with mosquitoes swarming you, it was a disaster. It was at that point that my eyes started to swell with tears. Tears of frustration and disappointment because I wanted to quit. I wanted to go home. I wanted to throw in the towel. I did not want to do this anymore. I made the decision to turn back and get better equipped to deal with the mosquitoes. It was a tough decision to make. I felt like a failure. I had set out to hike 400 miles, and I was turning back after 30. And just as I was feeling sorry for myself, that's when the real tears started. Not tears because I was quitting or tears because I was feeling sorry for myself. Tears because how privileged and how fortunate I was to be able to make that decision. I had started to think of the thousands and thousands of people all across the world who are fleeing their homes and walking hundreds and thousands of miles to try to get to safety and a better life. These people don't have the equipment that I have, and they sure as hell don't have someone to call when they're on their period and the mosquitoes get bad. They don't have an out. They just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. It had been less than 48 hours and the PCT had already broke me, but more importantly it had also humbled me. I've traveled a lot in my life, most of which has been solo travel and lots of travel that isn't always pretty. Those experiences have tested my courage and empowered me, but none felt quite like this. Maisie and I headed back out on the trail, better prepared for the mosquitoes. Probably over-prepared. Three different types of bug repellent, pre-treating my clothes, a face net, and two different Thermacell mosquito gadgets. Needless to say, the trail was much more enjoyable without being harassed and swarmed by, by bloodthirsty mosquitoes. Finding our pace was difficult. I was meeting so many through hikers who had been on the trail since April and May. And when they talked about doing 20 to 30 miles a day, sometimes even more, I thought to myself, if they can do that, then I can too. Maisie and I did one 21-mile day and realized that we were not quite cut out for that, at least not yet. I was a little discouraged that we couldn't keep up, but I had to remind myself that this was not a race. There was no award for the person who finished first. This was our experience. This was our journey. And we were going to go at a pace that worked for the best for us. And We ended up finding that 13 to 16 miles a day was perfect. Besides, there were far too many beautiful views to hurry through, and we were going to enjoy the scenery to really stop and smell the roses. Also, a side note, we met a 68-year-old who was averaging 30 miles a day, and that made me feel pretty pathetic to be young and healthy at 28. But again, this was our experience, our journey. When you are spending many hours by yourself without cell phone service, social media, or books or television, you end up with a lot of time to think. Thankfully, Maisie was there, so I got to share a lot of my thoughts out loud, but it was still a lot of time to think. I thought about my life so far, the things I've accomplished, the dreams I have, the people I've met, and the people I've loved and lost. I thought about the life I want, what does my best self and future look like. This naturally brought about a lot of emotions. I had moments where I felt lonely and lost, I cried a decent amount out there, and not because my body hurt or my feet were tired. There were also times when life felt so sweet. I was proud of the woman I am and the direction my life is going, and there were many moments that I felt strong and empowered. I was challenging myself, and I was sticking with something that didn't start out smoothly. I did debate going back out after that first 30 miles. My dad ended up joining us for a 90-mile stretch from the Willamette Pass to San E M Pass. It was nice to have company on the trail, even though he slowed us down a bit, which Maisie most definitely enjoyed. Fewer miles and more frequent breaks made for one happy dog. The Three Sisters Wilderness was definitely my favorite section of the PCT in Oregon, including and despite the amount of lava rocks we had to walk on. There were so many incredible mountain views, metals of wildflowers and butterflies, and more lakes, ponds, and streams and springs than I could count. I had a permanent smile across my face. Until the last section of lava rocks. The first section of lava rocks was only a half mile but it was steep and for every two steps forward you took you probably slid back a step it was the longest half mile of my life but it was a cool experience and the views from the top were again exceptional the second section of lava rocks were flat and much easier to walk across it kind of gave you a feeling of being on a different planet which again was a neat experience The third and final stretch of lava rock was several miles and mostly uphill. We came to this stretch at the end of the day, and we were tired. The lava rocks no longer seemed cool and neat. They were just frustrating, and I couldn't see at what point they would end. This left my dad cursing and me pondering how uncomfortable it would be to sleep on said lava rocks my heart broke the most for maisie i had booties for her but they had started to rub the top of her paws raw in some spots and i didn't want them to bleed so i would take her booties off for some sections of the lava rocks and then put them back on it was a fine balance of booties and no booties in order to keep the tops and bottoms of her paws from cracking and bleeding not to mention that there's no shade when you're going through the lava sections She'd periodically stop and look at me with eyes that said, but mom, what did I do to deserve this? And I wanted to cry. She didn't sign up for this, and it felt like I was torturing her. But that girl is a trooper. She kept on keeping on. I didn't know I could love her so dang much. Lava rocks aside, she loved being out there on the trail. Perked-up ears and a wagging tail were constant, and she slept like an angel every night. A special treat of finishing the section with my dad was ending at Big Lake Youth Camp. Basically, every PCT hiker speaks highly of Big Lake, as they are incredibly welcoming to every hiker. What made this extra special was that my dad had worked at the youth camp back in the summers of 76 and 77 and had lots of memories of hikers coming through for a hot shower and a free meal, and now we got to be on the receiving end of this. While the friendliness and welcoming attitude of Big Lake hasn't changed, their hospitality towards PCT hikers has only improved in the last 40 years. They now have an entire PCT building that includes showers and bathrooms, a washer and dryer, a kitchen, comfortable chairs, and charging stations. While I was loving my time on the trail, I was also starting to feel ready to be back home. My bed and regular showers were calling my name, although I think they were calling my name a little too strongly. It was in the Mount Hood National Forest that things started to not feel right. Shortly after waking up, I started to think that I was maybe getting a bladder infection, which kind of made sense because you're not exactly able to stay super clean out there. I texted a friend about bringing me some cranberry pills, but within the next half hour, I was starting to realize that it was more than a potential bladder infection. You see, during my sophomore year of college, I had gotten a kidney stone, for those of you who know, you know. That was seven years ago, but the pain I remember very vividly. When I started to experience the pain in my lower back that was not muscle-related, I knew what it was. I stopped walking and figured hopefully it would pass soon, and quickly. After all, my first one had passed within about five hours, The pain would go from dull, consistent pain and spike to an intense pain that was almost unbearable. I would try to take deep breaths and focus on my breathing as my body began to sweat and shake. I tried to imagine things that could be more painful. Having my body ripped apart by a shark came to mind. Sitting, standing, pacing back and forth, bending over, laying down, nothing eased the pain. I threw up and thought, yep, this is definitely a kidney stone. I tried to tough it out. I really did. I wanted to finish what I had set out to do. And I was so close. The second spike of pain was only worse. And after throwing up again, I knew I couldn't continue in this condition. And so I cried. I cried because of the pain, but I also cried because I was getting off the trail again. And how fortunate I am that in these conditions, that was an option. I was able to get a ride back into Portland, and after throwing up from the pain for a third time, was able to seek medical attention. The PCT had humbled me yet again. How many people all over the world don't have the privilege that I do? The privilege to take a break when something becomes too much. How many people all over the world don't have the privilege to get proper medical attention when they are in dire need? And so I cried. A lot. This kidney stone was not like the last. This kidney stone was significantly more painful and lasted the better part of a week. I felt like a failure. I felt like I had cheated. Although the doctor told me a kidney stone sounds nothing like cheating. People started to ask if I was going to go back out and finish. Yes, my answer was yes without hesitation. But was I going to feel that same sense of accomplishment? That I couldn't be sure. After nearly a week of resting and waiting for the stone to pass, I decided to head back out and pick up where I had left off. On the way out, I felt my kidney tense up again, along with a wave of nausea. But I was not turning back around. Call me an idiot, call me crazy, but I was going to finish this damn thing. And rest assured, I thankfully had no more issues out on the trail. Although I did end up with a bladder infection a week later. Anyway, the trail seemed easier with fresh legs. We were cruising, and it felt so good to be back out there. I was surprised with how soft my body got so quickly after only a week off. I hadn't gotten many blisters during the first three weeks, but it wasn't long into the day that I realized I had several blisters on my toes. That didn't slow us down, though. I realized my three-day plan could easily be finished in two. The last day on the trail, we dropped over 4,000 feet of elevation in just a few hours. My legs were wrecked. After almost four weeks on the trail, my legs were definitely the most sore at the very end. That last mile felt like the longest, and while my body didn't feel as dirty and gross as it would have had I been able to go straight through, walking into Cascade Locks still felt incredibly rewarding. I had done it. This trek didn't go as planned, but when does an adventure ever go that way? From being eaten alive by swarms of vicious mosquitoes at the beginning to getting a kidney stone near the end, there were definitely times I wanted to throw in the towel and quit. Next to graduating with my master's degree after the most difficult and challenging year of my life, I've never been more proud of myself. I set out to accomplish something that was far out of my comfort zone, and despite the thousands of mosquitoes, the blisters, the aches, and the pains... And most importantly, the kidney stone, I stuck it out and finished. I've challenged and pushed myself, grown in so many ways. I think I experienced every emotion out there. I fell even more in love with nature, and I have a stronger desire to climb more mountains. So while things didn't go as planned, I think it's safe to say I can call it a success. If I had to describe this experience in one word, it would be humbling. Thank you all so much for listening to the Contagious Courage podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review or take a screenshot to share on your social media. It all means so, so much to a newbie podcast like mine. Stay tuned and I'll catch you next week.